This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Chauncey Leopardi. I played Squints in the Sandlot, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. And welcome to The Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play Edit Podcast, Network, iTunes, and Spotify. Follow me at Jake Brown Radio. Follow the show at Jake Brown Show. If you haven't seen Sand Sandlot, you probably lived under a rock, or you were just a loser, or I don't know what you were. Um, but it's obviously one of the great movies of all time. One of the probably, what do we say, top Pat? What do we say, top five sports movies ever? I'd say maybe top three, maybe the best. It depends on how you want to rank them. Um, this guy is an actor who has been in multiple roles. Most known for his role as Squints in Sandlot. It's Chauncey Leopardi on the show, coming from the West Coast. Chauncey, what's going on, man? I'm sitting in traffic trying to get on the 10th freeway right now. <laughs> is that <laughs> L.A. life? Like, is it as, is it, much, is it as bad as New York, LA though? Life. Is it like New York City? No, right? I mean, it's, you know, it moves a little bit, so it's not as bad as, like, rush hour in Manhattan where you just go absolutely nowhere, but it ain't, it ain't much better, bro. Yeah, I mean, I... I worry if I live there or if I go to Miami, too. It's just like you just can't avoid traffic. And then you just have people in, like, Iowa who just don't know what traffic even means. Um, or yeah. you know, people in uh, in Amish land where the only traffic they have is just horse and buggies. Um, but anyways, uh, do you get tired ever of talking about Sandlot and Squints? I mean, it's obviously an iconic movie. But, I mean, some people, when they talk about a major role there, and they get tired of it. Do you? Um. You know, I actually don't. It, it actually brings, like, genuine joy to people. So I feel like it's my duty as a human being to do whatever I can to make people happy. And I, apparently talking about Sandlot is one of those things. So I just continue to, to smile and, and uh, keep the, the legend going, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you... I mean, you obviously look different than you did then, um, but do you get recognized at all, or do people just don't have ideas since you do look different? Um, so I'll give you an example. It, it, you know, people just stare at me a lot, usually. Mm -hmm. In L.A., people don't really, uh, you know, here and there, people are, I guess, kind of used to the whole celebrityism thing, so they don't really say much. They just look. Yeah. In other places, it tends to happen more often, but uh, me and my wife, we're in Manhattan earlier this month, and uh, we went to eat at Carbone NYC that's in, uh, like, Soho. It's a really good Italian restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, we were eating with some friends, and towards the end of dinner, I think we lost you. Do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. You hear me? Yeah, now we got you back. Sorry. Continue. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so I'll catch back up. So we're at Carbone in, in New York in Manhattan eating dinner, and the waiter comes up to me and is like, yo, Chauncey, you know, you really look like Squints from the Sandlot. <clears throat> and uh, I was like, yo, that's me. So he came over and bought a bottle, and we uh, 
we had a couple of shots together and there you go you know he came out to a baseball game with us the next day so yeah it still it still does happen i mean if people are you know into baseball or grew up with that film then then they still point it out here and there now do people say hey you're the guy from freaks and geeks ever or does that not happen as often um yeah a lot of times people do i mean if people are for the freaks and geeks things, it's kind of like the filmy type of people mm-hmm. that are into that. So they'll be really uh, apt to like point that out because if they know me from Sandlot, but maybe that wasn't the people that know me from freaks and geeks know me from Sandlot too. But maybe Sandlot wasn't their their like you know their style. So, so you're talking about like comedy. the guys who who like to roll a spliff and like go to the record shop kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, like the Empire <laughs> Records crowd. They're totally, they're totally into freaks and geeks. Yeah, it's got that like niche, like like film noir following, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Do you still talk to the guys, the kids, and the crew from uh, Sandlot? Uh, here and there, yeah. I talk to the director and the writer. Uh, here and there, we're friends on Twitter, and we did a 20th anniversary like a few years back. I think this was year 24, so about four years ago. We did this 20th anniversary where we got together and did a bunch of baseball parks and autograph signings. So I really got to see a lot of those, uh, a lot of the people that were in the production side of the film for the first time in like 20 years, really. Um, but some of the guys I'm more, I talk to more frequently than others. Do you talk at all with Wendy Peppercorn? Obviously, the the iconic kiss that went down, and ever multiple people have asked me, like, ask him, does he still talk to Wendy? Has he talked to Wendy? You know what? I haven't spoke to her since we since we shot that scene. Really? Yeah, but uh, must have been I a bad think, kiss, uh, then. Jeez. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that my wife and I were at a nail salon out here in LA about six months ago, and I'm pretty sure she was there. Oh. I didn't say anything to her, but I saw her from across the room, and I'm pretty sure it was Marley. I probably should have said hi, but I didn't. Yeah, that was your chance. So, oh, man. I know. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. You know, I thought it would be awkward for the wife, you know, first first love and and uh, my eventual love, so I didn't want to I didn't want to make anything uncomfortable. Outside of the movie, did you did you actually like have a crush on her like real life? Um, I mean, she's pretty hot, dude. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she was. What's not What's not to like about her? Yeah. How old was she and how old were you when that movie was filmed? I believe she was 19. And how old were you? She might have been 17. I was 11. Oh, okay. So it wasn't legal then. <laughs> so, wow. So you basically saw her six months ago, for, basically for the first time with you as a legal over 18-year-old. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah, it is, huh? Was that your first I, kiss? I believe she's still, she's still acting. Yeah, I think it was my first kiss, to be honest. That is I, I mean, iconic. Uh, maybe not. Nothing nothing as memorable as that. So. <laughs> Sorry to all the uh, 10-year-old and 9-year-old girls you might have kissed before that. Um, I would yeah. hope that would be the most iconic first kiss of anyone's life. Sandlot, first kiss, hot girl, uh, lifeguard. Doesn't get much better than that. So, all right. So that my friend wanted to know if you still are still friends. So that's not you. Don't talk to Wendy. Um, what did your parents and your friends think uh, about that on-screen kiss when you were 11 years old? 
I mean, I think all my friends thought it was really cool. Yeah. And uh, my parent, my mom didn't mind. I mean, she she thought it was a good role, and and uh, I was actually. I was reading for the role of Yeah Yeah when I started auditioning for the film, and it seemed like it might be a better part in the script. So my mom was really big on like trying to push me being Yeah Yeah, which uh, huh. you know, no offense to Marty who played Yeah Yeah, but I feel like uh, maybe I was more fitting as a squint. So I think things worked out the way they they were supposed to. Did you uh, Chauncey Leah Party joining us? Follow him on Twitter at underscore squints. Um, with a Z at the end. Did you know when you guys did the movie that it would be a timeless classic? Like, did you guys say, hey, this guy, people are going to be watching this movie in 50 years? I mean, it felt special when we were shooting. It was a lot of fun. You know, we played baseball all summer, and it was just a really good time. But you never know. You never know what something's going to be. I mean, I don't think you can plan for some type of movie to turn into just like this legendary thing. It just, it just happened. I mean... It was a really, it was a really good project, and the director and writer David Mickey Evans, like, really, I mean, that was his heart and soul. I mean, we played the roles, but he was really the creative force behind it. He literally had a pen and paper in his hand while we were shooting, just writing lines and having us try different stuff. So, I, I definitely give all the credit to David in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? I mean, it felt cool, mm -hmm. and it's it's really weird because it was one of these things where like, it it did like. It did like 35 million at the box office, which was not bad for a child's film mm -hmm. at the time, but it wasn't like some huge success. And it took like five or six years before it really, really picked up steam. And then it was like this just like Colossus video VHS tape, like Dynasty that just, you know, it just kept running and kept running and kept running. And I think even to this day at Walmart, they're still selling the DVD. Yeah, and people are still buying them. So it I'm has, sure has Netflix the longevity too. that it's it's still you know even in a day and age where things are streamed and not bought, like people mm -hmm. still are physic buying physical copies of this uh, of this uh, this thing. I mean, th what is it? Thirty? You're around thirty-five, thirty-six. Uh, 36, yeah. Thirty-six. You do this eleven. Isn't it crazy? Like, I mean, you still essentially. Are getting checks from this movie, which was uh, what twenty? I can't even do the math right now. 20, yeah, 20, you're really in LA now because you're in the middle of a freeway chase too. You don't even know it. There's a <laughs> helicopter overhead and cops chasing some guy right in front of us. Oh shit! Wow. I wish we had that. We had live video. Of this is like the OJ chase. Right? Welcome to LA. <laughs> I'll give you the play-by-play. -play. Yeah. All right. Um, where? Where? Um, you're, uh, I mean, I'm sure you watch movies, you've been in movies. Where do you rank this movie amongst the greatest ever? As far as, like, sports uh, baseball films, uh, I mean, it's it's number one. It and Field of, Field of Dreams, I think, are, you know, oddly enough, James Earl Jones is in both, huh? Yeah, all right, look at that. He's pretty, he's pretty good, and he's got a pretty good, I think Art LaFleur was in Field of Dreams as well, and he huh. played the babe in Sandlot. Um, I, think it's, I think it's definitely, like, like number one for kids sports films, and I, I, you know, I think it's right there with Stand by Me for, uh, for like children's films in general as well of like coming of age, friendship type of. It has some really good wholesome values that have crossed like, you know, three generations now, and it's uh, 
there's not too many things that last that long in our days of media that uh that are becoming shorter and shorter a little bitch you know mm-hmm. people's attention spans are getting shorter but some things uh some things last and it's one of them yeah i i just realized you were you were in casper as well right yeah, I was. I had a small part in the beginning of Casper. That was a lot of fun to shoot, actually. It was a big, uh, big Steven Spielberg production. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. Was it easier or harder after Sandlot to get roles? I'm sure younger. Um, I, I feel like with the look you had, it was easier. But I mean, as time wore on, is it more difficult? No, 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 no. I actually was never really typecast from anything. I continued to work as long as I was actively trying to work, more or less, you know? Mm -hmm. I kind of got disinterested in the business at a certain age and decided on my own to not. And why is that? Because I wasn't being successful. I don't know. You know, I started acting when I was six years old. It was just something that I always kind of did, and I didn't know if it was something that I liked doing or something that, I kind of fell into, so I just stopped doing it, you know? Once you lose your passion for something, I don't know that, you know, just because, like, Barry Sanders retired at the prime of his career when he was about to break Walter Payton's record, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody said, yo, Barry, why are you doing this? You know you're going to go down as the greatest running back to ever live. And he said, I don't really care to break Walter's record, and I don't want to play football anymore. And, I mean, you got to respect somebody that knows when it's time to to make a change in their life, you know? So what What are you passionate about now? What are you up to these days? I mean, uh, I'm in the marijuana business, so I run, manage uh, medical marijuana shops and do, you know, cultivate medical marijuana on a pretty large scale. I mean, I'm passionate about that. I have been, I've kind of been in this business since I was in my early, late teens and uh, early 20s. And, you know, with the regulations and, you know, the state-level laws coming around to the business nowadays, uh, becoming more and more accepted and more and more of a, a, you know, a legitimate horticulture and agriculture business. So I'm still, I'm still, uh, I'm still doing that. It's not that I don't, I don't uh, have interest in acting. I think the, just the grind of the business side of things kind of, got too much at some point mm-hmm. it, you know it's, it's interesting i've been thinking lately about going back and maybe doing some projects or something but i want it to be fun again and at some point it wasn't it wasn't fun anymore huh that's interesting so are you like stoned all anytime, the time anytime you have to rely on something for money it tends to yeah. it tends to uh take the fun out of it you know no yeah i mean that makes sense it's interesting i mean it's been been a little bit and i'm sure the business side of it and in a lot of industries uh people don't realize it's difficult um so does that mean like now you're just just like stoned all the time (laughs) uh no definitely not Um, i mean obviously we're uh we probably do smoke better than 99.9 percent of the world in la for sure but uh i'm not a big a big smoker i do medicaid but not i'm not you know not Snoop Dogg. I'm not Tommy Chong by any means. (laughs) I'm I'm more interested in like the cultivation of the plant itself and its medical benefits. So, I mean, from a a, businessman, I take it very serious. Yeah, and I mean, football. The debate is, and you're a sports fan, right? 
Yeah, definitely. Huge sports fan. Who are your teams? Uh, football, Steelers, uh, basketball, the Lakers, and baseball, the Dodgers. Well, you have Hockey, it. E- the King. You have it in. Uh, you have it easy in baseball this year. I can't see the Dodgers. Uh, do you see them losing? I mean, they look too damn good right now. I mean, if they keep hitting the way they're hitting, I mean, every time I turn on the TV, they're just knocking home runs. So they look great. Uh, hopefully, they can keep hitting and the pitching holds together, and we'll see. You know, it's baseball. You got to stay hot. So I don't want to jinx them, so I'm not going to say too much. But yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I'm liking what we see out here. And you're welcome for Justin Turner, who's just tearing the cover off the ball with the Mets. I mean, he did nothing for us. We didn't really give him much of a chance either. He changes his swing, and now he's just like a superstar in L.A. He's a Hollywood star. Uh, joining <laughs> I know. Bellinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually follow him on social media. He seems like a cool guy. I didn't know he was with the, he was with the Mets uh, previously, huh? Yeah, you know, it wasn't it's good. It's weird. Like, people come into their own and, at different times, and you never know what, what – uh, what makes the bat hot, you know? Yeah. And then the other side, you got the, the the ball family essentially running Los Angeles and big baller brand. Are you looking forward to the Lake Show indeed coming up this year with Lonzo and that squad they got? I mean, I think it'll be interesting. They're young and fresh. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I haven't followed too much. I know he had a good, he had a good summer league. He looked real good. He had good numbers, so... It's been it's been quite a couple of years for uh, for uh, for the Lakers, so we're just hoping that they can get over the Kobe transition and start to win some basketball games again. Why why the Steelers? I'm from Pittsburgh originally. Uh, okay. uh, all sides of my family are from Pittsburgh, so it's just ingrained into me that that black and gold is those colors. You know, was Permanti Bros there when you were there, or not yet? I'm not sure. I love you know what Primanti Bros. Right? I mean, that's I love that place. Oh my goodness, it's the greatest sandwich probably I've ever had. Uh, from Primanti. you know, the last time I was in Pittsburgh was uh, I was 14, I think, and I was shooting a film out there called House Guest with uh, Sinbad and Phil Hartman. Oh, House Guest. Honestly, yeah. I haven't made it back. Uh, I haven't made it back since. Sinbad. Wow, House Guest. I remember that movie. Damn, you're you're bringing it back now. What did that? That was. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was actually pretty cool. I got to go to my hometown where I have like 100 cousins probably and shoot a film when I was younger. I was four years old. Interesting. When came out. Wow, 1995. Sinbad. Wow, that is that is a throwback. Um, is there, before we let you go, is there a memory or something that, I mean, you haven't really told from the movie, that from filming the movie that you have, like behind the scenes that we don't know about? Uh, I got a, I had to go back to my trailer to use the bathroom while we were shooting and I ran out from behind the trailer and got hit by a production van (laughs) running back to set. And I just got up, I like flew like five feet and then I just got up and ran (laughs) and I just ran back to set. So the guy obviously reported it. So they had to, like, come and check me out and do all this stuff. And they were like, why'd you just run? I guess I freaked the guy out. I don't know if anybody if anybody knows about that one. There you go. Uh, are, are you thinking of another one, or is that it? 
<laughs> I, was, I was weighing. Um, what else? I did get locked in a... Okay, so when we were shooting the Dodger Stadium stuff at the end, mm-hmm. we had, the kids weren't actually in it, but we were doing press for the film because it was like after we had shot and edited everything. And uh, I ran off somewhere. We were messing around in Dodger Stadium, and I literally got locked in a stairwell. Huh. And I was, I was freaking out. I got locked in there for like 30 minutes, and I was freaking out, banging on stuff, trying to kick the door open. Finally, somebody opened the door for me. They were looking for me. We were supposed to be doing a, a press interview with, like, Access Hollywood or one of those, uh, you know, E-variety e shows. And uh, there I am stuck in, uh, like, a utility stairway at Chavez Ravine. Huh. That was a good Man, one. I might have I just been stuck in the, in the stadium forever, huh? <laughs> the, pre, the pre-cell phone days where you couldn't contact anyone. Um, is, is um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, when, when you did the film and, and you were in school, I mean, were you getting all the chicks after that movie come out? I mean, I had to imagine it worked out pretty well for you. Later on, see, this is the, this is the thing about Sandlot that we keep saying is that like it had this like this long lasting longevity. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like super immediate. I think it was like four or five years later where like the the little bit of fame from the film started to like pick up steam, and then I mean it like continuously. Then it became a staple in my life where it was like this big deal. But it kind of grew, and it's continuing to grow now. I mean, there's like it's become like this cultural icon thing where like, uh, you know, there's people running around with tattoos of me from the movie and, and all types of stuff where it just kind of like the legend grows and it keeps getting bigger and bigger, you know? When it got bigger, I mean, you're 16, 18, 20, whatever it is. I mean, pretend your wife's not listening right now. Um, I mean, you had to have used that line, your advantage to get a ton of chicks, I'd imagine. <laughs> No, I learned very early on that you never brag about yourself. You let somebody else do it. So usually it was my friends that were using that to uh, to pull the girls, What? so to speak. They were using you for their yeah. own success? What is this? Yeah, my success, their success. It's just a good conversation starter, you know what I mean? Well, they were probably good wingmen, too. They're like, hey, this is my friend. He played squints. And then it's like, all right, up to the bedroom. That's what it, yeah, that's totally what it is. <laughs> and that's what we always knew is that, like, if me and you go out, I can brag about you and you can brag about me, and it doesn't look like you're an asshole. Yeah. If you're running around telling people stuff, <laughs> you look like a total douche, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Wow. You, you got to just kind of be like the, the shy coy and then let somebody else build you up type of thing. Yeah. I, I totally would have went. I mean, I was the same age, college. I would have went out with you and, and used you to get girls as well. <laughs> of course. Benefit I mean, on both you know, sides. Somebody's yeah. got to. That's what they always told me too. They're like, if you're not gonna fucking use it, then then we will. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Use my language. Yeah, no. You're good. We could this we could curse. Um, Chauncey Leopardi played Squints and in House Guest. Wow, that is that's a good one. Casper as well. I loved Casper. One of my favorites as a kid. Um, Chauncey yeah. Squints, uh, man. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, hopefully I'll see you next time. And you uh, you're in New York. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have Thanks, a good man. day, guys. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.